What's up, everybody? I'm Anthony Sellers. I'm not Eric Jordan. That's Kellen Conley. He's filling in for Eric Jordan. And this is, is Browns in Our Blood. Before we get started, let's go ahead and just send it out to Eric Jordan, who is in LA. Welcome to Browns in Our Blood. I'm not in Morgantown this week. I'm, it's Thanksgiving. I'm out in Los Angeles. As you can see, beautiful 80 degree wow. weather. I'm enjoying it, but I still watch the game. A few things I saw this week with my Browns. Matthew Days needs more touches. This is ridiculous. He's a playmaker. He needs more touches. Get him more touches. In fact, why is he returning punts? You got your real peppers back there, and I'm going to deal with that later. But get him back there touching punts and get him in the offense. He's a playmaker. Speaking of Jabril Peppers, I'm not sure Jabril Peppers can execute at this level. I'm just not. I'm, I'm not sold on it yet. We'll see a lot in year two because he definitely deserves a year two. And I'm not saying nothing rash right now. But the game might be a little too fast for him. A lot of you guys call it. Anthony last, last week called it against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was going to be a low-scoring game, which means our defense showed up. And I think that's awesome. Defense really looked good. Really good. Especially if we could have got those two fumbles. The one Westbrook fumbled and the one TJ Yeldon fumbled. And also, that fumble by Yeldon was caused by Schubert. Schubert is that dude. I say you resign. I say you give him an extension right now. I, I think we got a glimpse of what you was trying to build. It was the second quarter drive. The pass to Corey Coleman, the Kaiser run, and the TD pass to Duke. That was a health drive. And if, if, they can, if we can get that to be a consistent thing, that's Hugh's offense. I see his vision. I see what he's trying to do. I'm, I was back on board the Hugh train last week. I'm really back on board the Hugh train because I saw some great things. Jacksonville defense is really, really good. And the fact that we had some success on it, that says a lot. That says a lot. And, and, and that just shows you Kaiser, when he does run the ball, can't really scheme for it. So we need more of that. I, I like the direction of it. Corey Coleman looked good. Corey Coleman looked really good. And Josh started practicing with, with the team, started practicing with the QBs yesterday. Uh, yeah, uh, exciting times are coming, guys. You know, Hugh said it's like a new toy. He knows what's in the he know what's in the box, but it, he just wants to see what the toy can do. I understand exactly what he's saying. The, the combination of Corey Coleman, Duke Johnson, and Josh Gordon, and Kaiser, and don't forget Njoku, it, man, it can be serious. Score 10-7 in the fourth quarter for us. That's like a win almost. That is like a serious win. I mean, y'all gotta see the progress of that. You gotta see the progress on 10-7 in the fourth quarter with a defense like Jacksonville. I mean, yeah, they hold us to seven points, but still, our defense is holding them to 10. Kaiser's definitely young. He's making young mistakes. He's making playmaker mistakes though too, which I'm cool with, because he's trying to really make plays, you know. Might hold the ball too long, might not, you know. This is stuff, hopefully, he, if he learns from, he'll be better. That's the whole thing. Does he learn from his mistakes? We won't see that until next year. And if this is a, a, a glimpse of what he was trying to do, I'm all on board. Let's get into it, as y'all always say. Yeah, let's get into it. So you went to, you went to the game. Yeah. You, How, you, you, you took my thumb. Thoughts on the Jacksonville game that you that, were at? That was aggravating. <laughs> and yes, I was at that game, and it was very, very... Very aggravating to watch. Man got all got all spurred a moment. He's like, I'm going I did to, going to Cleveland. I did. It was worth it. I had fun. It was definitely worth to get out of Morgantown. Mm -hmm. Overall we, thoughts though. You want one, MI? Shout out to MI. Uh, you you go ahead I'm with sorry. your overall thoughts. I'm sorry. It was. I remember seeing earlier last week that Greg Williams said, "Let's make it a slugfest," and that's pretty much what it was. It was a slugfest. The defensive struggle and. I really, I personally, I liked seeing that aspect of it, 
I was just really aggravated with the offense and how they they were unable to move the ball. Then again, they were going up against the best defense. That that is a little bit uh that that kind of is a good thing that they're going against the best defense in the league. But I'm mad. I'm not Eric mad, but I uh, <laughs> I wasn't able to watch the game on on TV, so I was just kind of following along on Twitter. And this is another winnable game, man. And they were right there. I mean, it was 10-7 in halftime. Was it 10-7 or in third quarter? But, I mean, they were right yeah. behind them the whole game. And they, they just didn't execute. I think they held Fournette in check. Yeah, he had, yeah. Over, yeah. he had over 100 yards. But you know what? He didn't get in the end zone. Right, and they, that's they important. They held him in check. Bortles had his most Bortles-like game. I mean, he threw a touchdown. Uh, he didn't throw two interceptions. Like Kaiser did, but still, that that might have been the difference. He didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, that was the difference. Was Jacksonville the turnovers held you guys to four yards in the first quarter. That's just stupid. Our offense didn't hardly have the ball any. Same problem that they had against yeah. the Vikings, huh? Time of possession of that game: Jacksonville, thirty-six minutes fifty-five seconds; Cleveland, twenty-three minutes and five seconds. Yeah, that's huge. I man. mean, yeah, it made a huge one difference. Of my at one point, later. at one point in the second half, too, there was like it was nearly two to one, like. I think it was towards the end of the third quarter. It was almost two to one on time of possession. Quite honestly, the defense was in a bad spot most of the game. How did uh, Kaiser look in person since the last time you saw him was when we went to training camp? I personally, I liked him. I thought he did all right. I mean, yeah. Like look wise, obviously, you know, you can't turn the ball over. Two interceptions, you just you can't have those. And the fumbles, that like they were momentum killers. Huge momentum killers. Yeah, like I, I have down here that, uh, like on that drive where it was 13-7 and they were driving towards the end zone and then he had that, that bad throw on first down and then second down Coleman dropped the ball and then third down is where he took that that strip sack. And I watched, I was watching the plays this afternoon and like I understand he was trying to make a play but at the same time he kind of felt the pressure where he should just brought the ball down and taken the sack, I think. And I think him realizing that and the same thing with that last fumble that Jacksonville scored on uh he was again looking to make the pass and he wasn't aware of his pocket anymore he I mean obviously he's got a lot going on yeah. but you should know there's two dudes behind you and you're holding the ball out here getting ready to throw it and it, he just has to have a better presence of mind in the pocket like I feel like that was a drive that could have been his first big NFL moment and he just yeah. it just wasn't coming together for him yeah so a couple other things that I noticed as I was researching Deshaun is officially starting the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, uh, I watched that interview. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackson said he wants to know, see what he has in him. And I, I agree as well because we didn't agree when uh, Hogan was in earlier season or um, when Kessler started. I felt like it was really an opportunity missed for Deshaun. So the fact that just going to Deshaun has that confidence going forward, I think is going to be a huge uh, difference. Uh, well, <laughs> hopefully a huge difference for you guys yeah. in the next six games you got. Yeah, I think it'll ease some mind stuff. Hopefully he can not listen to the outside noise. Yeah. The, the media and stuff like that. Just I hope hope he can ignore that and find a way to improve these final six games. Yeah, the, the good, the one thing I did take away again from the Browns game is it was, like I said, it was a winnable game. And the fact that y'all stay in winnable games means you're eventually going to win one of these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. At some point, it's got to fall our way. Yeah. At some point, they got to take it to make it fall their way. But at some point, it's got to happen. It's going to happen. I, I, got, I got my rally bandanas on. I see that. <laughs> I didn't have any brown or orange. So the impact of Emmanuel Ogba's injury. Ogba's injury is really hurtful because the Browns cannot get off the field, as you just said, by the time of possession. 
and they, they need to get their defense some rest. And when you lose somebody like Agba, who is like one of the best pass rushers on your defense right now, it's just another blow in a long season is, is yeah. what it is, man. He made such a huge leap this year from last year, too. Because last year he couldn't stop the run, really. And he was playing out of position, too, last year. Or was he playing last? Outside linebacker. Oh, yeah. Because he was in a 3 He's four. a DE, yeah. Yeah. So that helps out. I think he's playing lights out, so it does. I think it does hurt. Yeah. But I also said this when the Collins injury came up when we talked about it. The defense has so much more depth than what the offense does, in my opinion. That your depth chart yeah, is crazy. I yeah, was looking at that, it like today. Yeah, that like the you know the defense it it can sustain these kind of injuries and keep going and not miss as much of a beat as like what the offense would. They they just yeah. gotta get out of third down, man. Yeah. Every problem is predicated on the offense right now. Mm-hmm. From from my my perspective. Yeah, I, I agree as well. Also, uh Agba did say today that he, he thought Nasib and Orchard were filling his shoes quite oh, nicely. Yeah. He yeah. had he had plenty of faith in them to step up. But of course the lack of a pass rush if if it if it really develops that is where the Browns just can't get to the quarterback. With your next six opponents, man, you you got a bunch of gunslingers coming up. And I don't know if Rodgers is going to be back for week 14 at Green Bay. So, I don't know, man. I heard he might, he might make it back for the regular season. So, y'all, you just got a bunch of do well, Chicago doesn't. You just got a bunch of quarterbacks that need to be pressured. And that's my main concern about this injury. Hopefully, it, it doesn't make a difference. Hopefully, one will just replace the fallen one, like, yeah. uh, like the depth says, the depth chart says is there. And you guys will... Just get better on getting off the field and competing with that uh, time of possession. Yeah, but well, I think that segue is perfect into the next thing because our next segment is a player spotlight on James Burgess, who was replacing Jamie Collins, mm-hmm. and only I think validates the whole thing about the depth chart because he had 16 tackles. 16 tackles. 16, I saw that and I was like, and man. Yeah, 16 tackles and one sack. Seven solo tackles, man. My man yeah. was out there handling business. He really was. There was there was at one point. In the game, like third quarter, mm-hmm. Jonathan looked over at me. He's like, he's been in a lot of plays. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, he really has. He, he really played a great game. And the fact that he's only in his second year and he just got on the Brown squad last December. And now he has worked his way not only into being on the main team, main roster, but now he's starting thanks to Collins injury. It's a real big chance for him to make a huge impact. Yes. As far as. I mean, his next step in his career for the Browns, just period. Yeah, I was thoroughly impressed. He was everywhere. He couldn't chase down Bortles on one play, though. <laughs> and, and Bortles got a first down, and that kind of that kind of missed me. That's aggravating. A bit. That's know. football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think what missed me about it is Bortles kind of looked back at him and started jawing as he went to out of bounds. Right. And I just wanted to like, of course. If I could, if I could have reached down on the field and smacked Bortles, I would have. <laughs> you know, definitely want Blake Bortles talking on you. He's only twenty three too, so yeah. he's, he's he's young, and again goes into that whole the whole theme of your uh, system is young guys and learn how to play together and building from the ground up. So I really like this kid, and I'd like to see him, even though he's only in second year. I think him and Miles could develop the same thing that uh, Miles developed with uh, Agba, with them coming together so well. Yeah. And kind of guiding the defensive unit, I think he could step into that role and just make y'all really strong as far as these next six games go. Player spotlight for the next one. Got two player spotlights this week. This one I put in because of the text that you you sent me two texts in a row. I was mad, man. Two texts in a row, right after one, right after another. I don't think I'm allowed to be mad. Garbage. I did not like you calling my players garbage. My team's players garbage. 
I and care. That's kind of what you, that's kind of what he did. He but popped. I care. That's so, why I so call him garbage because I care. Because we're putting the spotlight on Corey Coleman this week. I call him garbage because I care. So what was the stat line? You, I'll let you go with the stat line. Corey Coleman. Yeah. He had uh, six catches for eighty yards. On eight targets. On eight targets. One yeah. drop. One drop. One crucial drop. One crucial. And that's drop. the I'll one I texted him about though because it was like. That's when the Browns were driving, and I was like watching on Twitter. I'm like, oh man, they gonna do it. They gonna do. It. They're gonna take. They're gonna at least tie the game. At least tie the game. And it's like Coleman with the drop, and then Twitter just jumps on him. It's like, oh. And I jumped on Kaiser just because. I mean, this is before the strip sack. The first one is yeah. frustrating. I know he's. I keep forgetting he's a rookie. Is my problem. I keep forgetting that, and I shouldn't. He's. This is. I mean, this is my adopted team, so to speak. <laughs> and I should know he's a rookie, but it's just like I want him to be able to succeed. And he has rare glimpses where he succeeds, and then he just makes stupid mistakes. And it's just so frustrating. Yeah. But back to Corey Goldman. <laughs> I think it was a much needed help on the team because it got to a point where he Kaiser just keyed in on Coleman and said, "Screw it, let's go." And yeah. Get it to him, and it showed. And that's one. That was one of the drives he got three cat, two catches. And then Duke Johnson got the touchdown catch. You guys but, got a wide receiver. Yeah, that's finally. huge, man. Uh, after struggling since Coleman went out because he went out in game one. So I actually think um, I'm excited to see Coleman and Gordon on the field together because Gordon has started practicing this week. And I'm cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic that a lot could happen between now and week 13 when y'all play against the Chargers in LA. But that's when Josh is supposed to come back. And if Josh. And Coleman are lining up on the field together. I, I feel forty percent better about Kaiser being the quarterback. Personally, yeah, it just depends on what Gordon are we going to get. I like, think he's focused, uh, man. Well, I, I hope so. I, I mean, hope so. I'm, he's worked I'm hard, man. I'm going to stay cautiously optimistic. I was more with you at the beginning of the season, <clears> where I didn't think he would. I didn't think he would make it back, or where it wouldn't like it wouldn't be an issue. It's proven to be an issue. So I, I think I think he wants <laughs> to play. And I, at least, I think for the next six games, we're going to get the best version of Josh Gordon we can get for an abbreviated season. I and Corey so. Coleman. You mean next five games? Next five games. No, you're only 10 and you're 0 and 10. Oh, my bad. Back. Next yeah. five games, you're going to get the best version. The last Gordon. five games, yeah. But I did want to say that I think Coleman will be super dangerous once teams have to key in on Gordon, if as long as Gordon is yeah, able to still receive and be a threat. I think he'd be <laughs> one of the best wide receivers in the second half of the season. I'm real so. excited for that. Anything positive. Yeah. Power positivity. What's your key for beating Cincinnati? Stop the run game and stop A.J. Green. Yeah. That, yeah. That's about it. Um, I, I have some bullet points. <laughs> I think Duke needs to be the lead back. I, I really feel like you're 10-0. You're 0-10. Crowell has had flashes. I know that we've y'all talked earlier this season about staying with the run game. I feel like I put give Duke the ball from down one and have Crowell be the change of pace back. And I think that could change things up for the offense. He's just, it's just because he's more, a little bit more versatile than Crowell and is. Y'all, and y'all but need you know, He didn't have a great game this week, but he was good in Detroit. Yeah, he's had, I mean... And when, he, he's, yeah, when he's had opportunities, he's done well with them overall, mm-hmm. except, for, except for this week against Jacksonville. The one best of the best de- defenses. One of the, the best defenses. One yeah. of the best front fours that we're going to face. Jacksonville, they traded for Marcel Darius, who is known as a run stopper, and that really solidified their defense. Every other spot, he's well, I'm not been. blaming Nick Crow specifically for the last game. <clears throat> I get the last game, but I just feel like if we're going, to, if you're going to shake up anything, let's let's get Duke out there more and have more Duke more involved because I just feel like that more can happen when Duke has the ball. 
And you're 0-10, why not? I want a power game. I want a power run game. Yeah. And I think Crowell gives a better chance to be a power run than what Duke Johnson does. Crowell just is more run it down and like take the hit first. Yeah, whereas, he's a grinder. Yeah, where, absolutely. Yeah, whereas Johnson's more sh- like more shifty, more like Edron James type. I'm not saying he is Edron James, right? But, you know, he's Duke that. reminds me of Fred Jackson actually, is who I, uh, I can best describe Duke as. And I, I just feel like y'all need a little Fred Jackson action. <laughs> hey, Fred Jackson, you want to come play a couple games? Also, one of my keys was keep Cincinnati backfield quiet. Mixon and Bernard didn't do much last week um, in the in the Cleveland or in the Cleveland Cincinnati game. So if y'all tend to the defense keep stopping the run, that is gonna make Dalton pass more. And then you just got contain AJ, man. Is the yeah. main thing because he got he didn't do too crazy against you last time, but he did get uh, five catches and 63 yards and a touchdown when y'all faced off in October. It was a touchdown that hurt us. Yeah. yeah. It was an early touchdown, and then it was just kind of a landslide from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Limit mistakes, uh, which goes back to Deshaun, more like... Just, more uh, in tune, yeah. Yeah, that, that's all, man. Like, you see the flashes. We just need Deshaun to make better decisions. And then the last one, play y'all four quarters, man. Mm-hmm. If, if the Browns play a complete game, y'all going to win. Complete game, all three facets. Mm-hmm. Hell Most yeah. importantly, offense. Mm-hmm. Got a good feeling this week. One and ten, here we come. You can join the FanDuel Fantasy League. The link is in the description down below here. Uh, you can join. There's six spots every week. $2 fee to get in. And they're going to be a belt. There's supposed to be a belt. And right now, I am in number one. I want to get this belt. Fantasy Football Bosses is a podcast by this guy and our friend and Eric's rival, Gary Wolf. <laughs> Uh, it's every Thursday. You can find that on hyphen podcast group and you can find that at hyphen podcast group wordpress.com or anywhere podcasts are sold like iTunes and Stitcher. It's not going to be on this week though, because this Thanksgiving, yes. sorry, <laughs> enjoy it with your families. It's Thanksgiving. You can find Browns in our blood on YouTube on Monster Lung Sound Vision. Uh, that is the home of Browns in our blood. And then you can also find Browns Are Blood on Monsalone's Facebook page or on the Hyphen Podcast Group Facebook page. And it's every Wednesday you can join Anthony and Eric as they root for the Brownies till the day they die. And I sometimes pop in like I am right now. Yeah, thanks for popping in. No problem. I appreciate you letting me pop in. I hope I, I hope I didn't disappoint. That's our show for today. Make sure you check us out next week. Um, I will be back in the co-hosting chair as Eric will still be out of town. And I'm not Anthony Sellers. I'm Anthony Sellers, and that's Kellen Connolly. Eric Jordan's in L.A. Have fun in L.A., Eric. Yeah, man. And this is Browns Browns in in Our Blood. blood. Gotta get a win, guys. One and ten. Just one. One and ten. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Hey, I got to do it.